All right, Matt Schulte here on Drive Time Lincoln. Thanks for joining us today. We've got I've got a fun guest in the studio. John Camp joins me. He has been a city council member for quite some time, but as of Monday night, no longer is. So we're gonna we're gonna hear a little from him, reflect back on his years of service, um, and then, like I said, in the second half hour, we're gonna jump down to the Capitol and talk with Senator Suzanne Geist. Uh, so first of all, though, John, thanks for joining me in the studio tonight. Oh, you're welcome, Matt. Good to be here. And, you know, I, I've been serving since just after the Stone Age. So. <laughs> <laughs> what year did you get elected, actually, for the first time? 1999, 1999. 20 years ago. Well, I don't, I don't know if I should say how old that would make me at that point. Were you in or out of diapers? I, I was out. I okay. was out. Actually, let me think here. I that I could have voted for you, okay. so I would have, I'd have been all right. I, my first presidential election was '98, when I could vote. So, but uh, anyways, we're glad to have you here. So we're going to reflect back a little bit on your your years of service on the city council. So I just have a couple questions for you. I mean, first of all, just as you reflect back on those 20 years, what are some of the th- accomplishments, some things that you're proud of, things that you just look back and go, man, I'm so glad. I got to be a part of that. Well, thank you. Well, first of all, I'd just like to refresh everyone's memory. When I ran in 1999, I used the campaign slogan of Lincoln Vision 20-20. And the idea was to look ahead 20 years with 2020 Vision. Hmm. And with that, I sort of talked about different projects and all. And so it was really interesting. And here we are essentially 20 years later. <laughs> Almost 2020. Almost. You fell a couple months short. Right. Well, and I, I had a lot of joking with the uh, uh, Vision 2015 group. You right. know, I, I had heard actually they started with Vision 2020 and then they said, no, we can do it in 15 years, not 20. Huh. So, <laughs> so they threw away their Vision 2020 uh, notebooks. But regardless, no, it, uh, you know, I've, I've uh, always looked ahead and then worked backward to see how I can get there. And that's how I've applied my approaches in the Haymarket District, which I've been privileged to have uh, started back in 1982. And I was born and raised here in Lincoln, so I've got a a high level of historical perspective for what it's worth, went through the public schools. Lincoln Lincoln High graduate. Lincoln High graduate, yes. So we're class of 67, that new nicely lit um, marquee out there my class paid for here this last oh, year so okay. we raised that money at our 50th reunion hate to say that <laughs> no we have very generous uh, classmates but back to your question on visioning ahead and so forth uh, you know I, I was looking ahead and in the hay market and all you know for example that has blossomed into the west hay market and then we've got the original historic hay market uh, I saw areas like the libraries needed to expand. Uh, when I came in office, we only had two of the quadrant libraries, and since then added the other two. Mm. Uh, we had some major issues when it came to should the city run the ambulance system or the private sector, and we went through that mm-hmm. uh, time period and later went through acquisitions of fire vehicles, ambulances, and had a little consternation on those where things didn't get manufactured appropriately, and so mm. we had to send those back. We started getting into the Antelope Valley, which was quite a major uh, effort, and you know that had purposes of creating more usable land for the university, get more land out of the floodplain, and create more just usable land in the city and some recreational areas and yeah. beautifying the Antelope uh, Creek. And so we've had that develop. In fact, one of the things about that that's interesting is I remember at a meeting uh, as we were coming to the final decision on doing Antelope Valley that... 
the uh, director of public works said, now we've got this list of 65 street projects. And he said, if you do Antelope Valley, we're going to stop at number 32. We just don't have the funds. And said, we're not sure when we get to the others. But it was kind of fortuitous, and now we look back at what's happened to the deterioration in our streets. Hmm. And I'm not saying that was what caused it, but I think since then, too, we've had uh, uh, other projects that have taken priorities, and we kind of shift funds and that has an effect. And then also, too, I've been a very strong advocate of different approaches on maintaining our streets, such as just sealing the joints. You know, if you keep the water out, that keeps the freeze-thaw cycle down. And I've been somewhat critical of adding the brine to it because that also keeps more moisture at a lower temperature. And that gets more moisture down those cracks, which is sure. more ways to have pot uh, holes and so forth. So we do have a major ordeal there because that maintenance hasn't been done appropriately for the last uh, decade or two. Well, and you you pointed out when you prioritize one project, that means something else may fall out. And right. so that's kind of what you're alluding to there with the Antelope Valley. And I think, at least as I drive through downtown, that Antelope Valley is beautiful, but I could see why that may have had an impact on some of the other streets. Yeah. And yeah, it, you, yeah, it's right. If you do your right prioritization, unless you want to go raise taxes, and that's been done too, or you want to get more debt, and that's another way of getting the monies, mm-hmm. uh, and those have been used here on some other projects. But I think all in all, uh, the the community got behind Antelope Valley. We're still seeing more and more development there, and I think we will see more to come. It may not have been as quick the uh, uh, coming about as what the urban development people said back then, but nonetheless, progress does take time. Yeah, yeah, that's great. How about as you reflect back on the last few, last twenty years on the city council? Is there is there anything you kind of look back? You go, man, I wish I would have known something now as we made that decision, and not saying that it would have. I'm not asking, would you have changed your vote at that time? But just reflecting back now, you've got that longevity to be able to say, man, I kind of wish we knew this when we were making that decision. Mm -hmm. Does anything come to mind on it? Well, I've used a three-prong approach to evaluate issues, and I think your listeners may have heard it before, but my number one uh, is use common sense. And Mm -hmm. secondly, I believe in being fiscally responsible. And number three is when all else fails, do the right thing. And so I try to run an issue through those three uh, concepts. And when I do, it seems like I come up with a result that I feel really good about. It hasn't always been uh, the desire of the majority of my colleagues on the city council, but Mm -hmm. I've done that. And I think there have been a few occasions where I may have been a dissenter, but it turned out to be the right one. Mm -hmm. I've had a couple where I violated it, and I kind of wish I would have turned that back. (laughs) But uh, learning, you know, just having the experience. Uh, I think I've also been very fortunate because I was born and raised in Lincoln. I know a lot of the the families, what's happened over the decades. I mean, too many decades to remember, but, uh, you know, the school system. And that has helped me. Uh, my involvement in the Haymarket in the early years, that taught me a lot about uh, construction because that isn't my background. I'm a lawyer by background, also tax planning and real estate, uh, now real estate. And so that, that helped me get a little diversity. I also used to have an actual consulting firm back in the 80s. And in that firm, we established a lot of what are called defined benefit pension plans. Hmm. And that's what we have in Lincoln for the police and firefighters. And so that really gave me a good insight there. And I am very proud of uh, the fact that when I came on the council, the first thing, one of the first things I said was, we've got to start funding more for our police and firefighters. 
and we went from about three to four hundred thousand, and we're up to nine million, and we're still pretty still, much in debt, but yeah, still, still at least I pushed it. Mm-hmm. Looks like you have to take a break here. No, not oh. yet. No, we're fine. Okay, good. I want to be observant <laughs> of uh, those people that pay you. That's right. No, they. So I was just pointing out that that we're still behind. You, you. There's yeah. there's been a lot of progress on that, as you're saying, but. But I know that that's one of the concerns that has come up over the last years has been the how far behind we are on those payments. We are, and you know, it's a, it's a direct obligation to our police and firefighters, and uh, that's something that we need to remember. You know, if we're when we have these benefits, and in particular, this type of a pension plan is an obligation. It's really something of what you might call a lien on properties in Lincoln, because that yeah. comes out of property taxes. So we do have to meet those commitments and. Unfortunately, it just isn't where it should be at this point. Yeah. You know, in taking care of those, our firefighters and our police officers do a great job of take, keeping us safe here in Lincoln. We've got a lot to be proud of around that. And, and so funding that is very important. Um, it's obviously a contractual obligation, but it's also something I think is a great benefit for for those people that are risking their lives, many of them, uh, you know, on a daily basis. And so right. we're, we're glad to have them. Yeah. Well, and that kind of, speaks a little bit one of the things too i've observed is during this 20 years and this has been a national trend where we've gone from being uh, in our fire departments of being fighting fires to now where it's really lopsided in having medical response Mm -hmm. and i know i was talking with some constituents a year or two ago and there was talk of moving fire stations you may recall and they said well don't take my fire station away and i asked why and they said well if I have a heart attack, I want an ambulance there. Right there. And I thought that was mm-hmm. interesting. So I said, oh, so you're interested in medical response, not fire response. And mm. he said, well, of course. And so one of the things that I've tried to encourage, uh, and the dialogue's going to have to come about in the future, but looking more at a medically-based system that puts medical response ahead of fire response, or at least gives it a more emphasis, because 82% of the calls are medically-related you know, you're talking about in the single digits for an actual fire, and many of those are false alarms or a small fire. So we need to do that because we want to maintain our, uh, we have a nice national ranking when it comes to medical response. And that really all started out early ages of what was called the Brian Hart team. The okay. cardiac doctors got together and set up a system. So Lincoln has led the nation, and I'd like to see us get even farther ahead. Yeah. I'm Matt Schulte here on Drive Time Lincoln. I've got John Camp in studio. I had a couple questions that we didn't get to. We mind stick around after oh, the break? I, I'm All fine. right. Hey, we are talking with John Camp, who served on the city council for 20 years and uh, has just stepped off as of Monday. Uh, Richard McGinnis stepped into his seat, uh, was elected just a couple weeks ago. We've got three three new members of the city council right now. And uh, that that put puts John out as a council member, but you didn't seek re-election. It's not That's like you correct. lost I or anything I was very like fortunate <laughs> to win five four-year terms. And yeah. so a lot of campaigning in there, but also a lot of opportunity to serve. You know, as we were talking during the break there, I, I was, it dawned on me, it reminded me how much of an impact you have invested in the hay market down there. You know, I, I, it's really hard to imagine a downtown experience in Lincoln that doesn't include the hay market. You know, with all the restaurants, with the concert venues, with uh, um, you know different activities down there, graduations, you know, going on. What's that like to you know twenty years ago to now look at where the Haymarket is? You know, what's that like to be in that position now? 
Well, I started 37 years ago, okay. so it's a long time, and uh, I was the first to kind of venture in. I was a little naive, as my brother told me, but uh, no, it has grown even more than I've envisioned, I'll have to confess. And the the West Hay Market has also been a huge impact. That's a newer area, but combined with the arena, and as I was mentioning to you gentlemen uh, during the break, the first uh, Saturday in May was the first day of the, this year's farmer's market season, which, gosh, I've lost track now. We're somewhere in the high 20 years, I think, because we yeah. uh, brought it down from 13th Street. Uh, it was also graduation day. There were weddings. It was registration for the marathon. And I looked out my office window into my courtyard there and walked around the farmer's market, and I just hadn't seen so many people there before, other than maybe a Husker football Saturday. Uh, <laughs> and sure. those are packs, you know. Yeah. For those of you who are listening, John uh, John Camp from the city council, former member of the city council, um, did some work obviously in the city council to revitalize and make the hay market what it is, but also did some developing during as part of your day job, and so that's right. that's part of your investment that takes you back thirty seven years. Yeah. Is and I'm proud to that. say too that uh, I was very careful during my twenty years on the city council not to mix the two and. It really shut me down on developing. I haven't done a building since I've been on the city council and maybe get mm-hmm. back to doing that as far as development and my son's working with me. Uh, but, you know, there you have to watch out for conflicts of interest. And so I wanted to do what was right for the city. So Haymarket really didn't get a lot of support from me officially. <laughs> <laughs> but others were kind, especially the West Haymarket was a outgrowth there to the West and getting the Burlington land, the railroad tracks and all removed. Yeah. But it's been, you know, it's been a great time. Uh, if I have enough time here, I, I just want to emphasize how much I thank the citizens of Lincoln for the privilege of serving. Uh, it, it's important, and I encourage everyone to the extent possible, and I hope to continue to in volunteer capacities because that's what makes a community. That's great. We will. We really appreciate your service. We need good leaders like you who are willing to make hard decisions at times and even possibly in be dissenting voices at times. And so we really appreciate you representing well the values that you set out to represent over these last 20 years. I know there's been a lot of people who have looked up to you and um, some people that have thrown some bricks probably at you too. But <laughs> Well, you know, I had, <laughs> to, ch- I had to give the chief uh, police uh, flymeister back his Kelver, Kevlar uh, vest now. Okay. So I, don't ha- I had protection. <laughs> I don't have it anymore. <laughs> hey, thanks for joining us, John, and thanks for your service here in Lincoln. Matt Schulte on Drive Time Lincoln.